You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to start the second chapter of Sukkah. And we're still engaged in the construction of the Sukkah itself. But as we move from the first to the second chapter, we are more engaged with how people behave in the Sukkah and how that relates to the architecture which we're going to find. And the Mishnah is going to come back to, to, is going to begin with a bed. We've been talking about beds and bed planks for a while. And four-poster beds, which are covered with a canopy. Remember that a four-poster bed with a canopy above it um, is not okay for a sukkah because the canopy above that four-poster is going to invalidate the sukkah for anybody sleeping in the bed. And it's the same if someone is sleeping underneath the bed. Someone who who sleeps underneath the bed in the sukkah has not fulfilled their obligation. And we can imagine just as the bedboards in place of srach are questionable, certainly someone sleeping underneath the bedboards, underneath the bed, is going to be questionable because the bedboards are going to are going to get in the way between the person who is sleeping and the schach at the top of the sukkah, which is essentially, which is the essential part of the sukkah. And Rabbi Yudah is going to disagree. Amar Rabbi Yudah, nohagim hayinu shayinu shanim tachat amita bifneaz kinim velo amru lanu davar. Rabbi Yudah says, we used to sleep under a bed in the presence of the elders. Interesting, by the way. You get a more of a sense, by the way, about living in public space. So everybody knew what everyone else's sukkah looked like and how they were behaving. And, and of course, sleeping was a much bigger deal. It was just as much a bigger deal as eating then. In the time of the Mishnah, you know, you lived in your sukkah, you slept in it. Now, certainly in you know London where it's really cold, people don't sleep in the sukkah very much. But in the time of the Mishnah, sleeping in the sukkah, that's the big thing. So Rabbi Yudah says, look, they used to sleep in the sukkah in the presence of the elders. And the elders were fine with it. But remember, Rabbi Yudai is the person who says that a sukkah can effectively be a permanent residence. Rabbi Yudai is the one that says that a sukkah can be higher than 20 amot. He's the one that says that we can have build it out of planks. So Rabbi Yudai seems to have this view about permanence in the sukkah, which is essentially rejected by the other sages. And the halacha does not go according to Rabbi Yudai. The halacha does not go according to Rabbi Yehuda, but we still appreciate his opinion and we preserve his opinion. And it's fascinating that the Mishnah chooses to preserve the minority opinions, even though it's absolutely established that we don't we don't follow them. And Rabbi Shimon is now going to get a cut in. Amar Rabbi Shimon, Tavi Gamliel. So we're going to have a story about Tavi. The, the slave of Rabban Gamliel. And we're going to learn something about the halacha of sleeping under a bed from Tavi, who is a slave, by the way, but also a Talmid Chacham. So Tavi is a Talmid Chacham. Shehayaya Shen Tachat Hamita. He used to, Tavi used to sleep under the bed in the sukkah. The Amar Lahen Rabban Gamliel is a kenim. Ritem Tavi Abdi, Shu Talmid Chacham Veodea, Shi Avadim Pturim in Asuka, Lefichach Yashenhu Tachat Hamita. Rabban Gamliel used to say to the elders, Look, 
Have you seen Tavi, my slave? He's a Talmud Chacham. He knows that slaves are exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah. So he sleeps under the bed. He sleeps under the bed because he knows. He knows he's exempt. And in the same way, we learn, Lamadnu, we learn. And so from this incident, we learn from Rabban Gamliel that someone who sleeps under the bed hasn't fulfilled his obligation. And we, you know, we haven't, we didn't, haven't looked at Mishnah Brachot in this cycle, but Tavi is someone who's very important to Rabban Gamliel. And when Tavi died, this is a Mishnah in Brachot now, when Tavi died, Rabban Gamliel accepted condolences for him. It sounds like Rabban Gamliel sat shiver for Tavi, his slave. And his disciples protested. They said, look, haven't you taught us you don't accept condolences for slaves? He said to them, My slave Tavi wasn't like other slaves. Kasher Hayah. He was Kasher. He's a Talmud Chacham. And he's kasher. What about other situations to do with beds? I mean, interesting. The Mishnah is very, very interested in beds and uh, sukkot. sukkot. What if we support our sukkah with bedposts? So we take these bedposts and we use them to hold up the schach in the sukkah. Rabbi Yudalmer, im if the sukkah can't stand on its own, it's invalid. But then Ren, we remember, Rabbi Yudah thinks that a sukkah is a permanent object. And we're not gonna follow we're not gonna follow Rabbi Yudah. No, we're not gonna follow him. Sukkah lelet. A lelet might be also like belet. It's a mixed up sukkah. It's a disorderly sukkah. We don't really understand what this is. One commentator suggests that this is where the schach is kind of laid out in different angles. So there's some going north-south and some going east-west. The schach has all been thrown on the top of the sukkah in some random fashion. And another commentator, I think the Rambam suggests that this is where the schach is sort of piling up on the sukkah. So it's, it's, it's in clumps. So it's sticking up and sticking down. There's something, there's something dis arranged about this sukkah but it's kshera it's valid and similarly if the shade is more than the sun it's kshera it's kasher you can have as much shade as you like actually in a sukkah and the mishnah makes this clear hamuba can mean bite if it's thick like a house you've got so much schach You've piled a schach on the top of your sukkah so much that it feels almost like a house. Even though the stars cannot be seen through it, it's a kosher sukkah. You can't invalidate a sukkah by putting too much schach on. You can invalidate it, by the way, by taking too much schach away. It has to have more shade. It has to have more shade than light. But if it has... It can't have too much light, in other words. But if it's got too much shade, that seems to be not a problem. Although I do know some people who make sure they have a little gap 
in the schach of their sukkah every year just to make sure they can see at least one star. What if you built your sukkah, rather than building it out of bedposts, what if you built it on a moving object? And I thought you would be interested to see here a photograph of the sukkah taken in the Yom Kippur War. These troops, they all went off to war, right, on Yom Kippur 1973. And of course, straight after, they got to celebrate Sukkot. And some of these are, are, are dati, so what are they going to do? Well, this is a real, this is a real archive photo from a, a journalist who was photographing the Yom Kippur War. And these are soldiers in the war. And you can see that they've actually got four poles tied to the side of their jeep, maybe their bed poles. And they put their schach, they found some schach somewhere. They've just cut it from a tree, right? They're somewhere, somewhere in, in the desert. And they've put some schach on the four poles above their jeep. So they made a sukkah out of a jeep. And you can make him out of a car too. Look, here's a here's somewhere that may, maybe this is in Washington D.C. I don't know. Looks like a looks like it might be an American. Look, and it might might be an American car. Might I'm not sure. Might be a left-hand drive car. And someone has taken off the sunshade. He's opened up the roof and just shoved a pile of schach on the roof. And I have heard, by the way, about Dayanim going out to visit. Anyway, you could do this anywhere if you if you had to if you needed to travel and not for the purpose of a mitzvah and you wanted to eat in your sukkah, you could just carry some schach in the trunk of your car and make a little sukkah like this. And that is actually then what the Mishnah says. How Someone who makes his sukkah on the top of a wagon or on the top of a ship, it's kasher. And you can actually even go into it on Yom Tov. There's no problem about a sukkah built on a ship or a wagon. If you made your sukkah on top of a tree or on the back of a camel, I was looking for a picture of a sukkah on a camel, but I couldn't find one for you. But it's kasher. However, we're not going to ride the camel on Yom Tov. And the rabbis have made a gazera that we don't climb a tree actually on Yom Tov because the rabbis are anxious that we're going to break off a branch. We're actually going to prune this tree on Yom Tov, which clearly we're not going to do. So they have a gazera that we're not going to go up into it on Yom Tov. But in theory, in Ancholah Moed, you could make your sukkah on top of a tree. The Mishnah then continues. Shtayim ba'ilan ve'achat bide'adam. Two in a tree and one in the hands of man, made by man, or or two made by man and one in a tree. Apparently it's kasher. But we don't go up into it in Yom Tov. And we don't really understand what we're talking about here. Is the floor of the sukkah supported by the tree? Or maybe the schach is supported at two points by the tree and one, um, maybe it's supported at two points by a tree and at one point by a man-made object. It, it's not quite clear actually what this Mishnah means and, and the components are not clear. And it goes on, Three three connection points made by man and one 
in a tree. It's kasher ve'olin la Yom Tov. And you can go into it on Yom Tov. Somehow it seems that we're not afraid about using the tree. I think the issue probably is if three connection points are man-made. So we must be talking at this point in the Mishnah about suspending the schach from a tree. So we're suspending the schach maybe from one tree and from three poles. And you can get into it on Yom Tov. I guess because we're not actually using the tree to support the schach. The schach can stand if it's secured in three places without the tree. And the Mishnah confirms. This is the general rule. If anything could stand on its own when the tree was removed. If we theoretically, not, not actually, if we theoretically could take the tree out and the sukkah would remain standing, kasher, kshera, ve'olinla b'yomtov, and we can go into it on yomtov. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.